Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text this Sunday is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Mark. You may be seated. We begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks this day that you have gathered us here and you have planted faith in our hearts and that we confess it on our lips. And we pray this day, Lord, that no matter what kind of opposition we might face for our faithfulness, Lord, you would help us to stand firm. Help us to follow you all the days of our life, and may your Son always remain faithful to us as he has promised to do. And now grant us your spirit to hear your word in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is Confirmation Sunday, Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, in the next service, we're going to have six students standing up here uh, confessing their faith in Jesus Christ. And this is a pretty exciting thing. In fact, this is kind of a rare thing in our world right now to see people taking a bold stand for their faith in Jesus Christ. But these students are going to stand up and they're going to say that they believe what God spoke over them in their baptism is true. That there is one God and this God who is our Father created us and has made us and has given us everything we need for life and salvation. God the Son has come to us. He has risen from the dead. He was crucified so our sins would be forgiven. And He has risen from the dead to promise us eternal life. And now the Holy Spirit comes to us and and delivers to us Jesus Christ, delivers to us the forgiveness of our sins, and sustains us in our faith into life everlasting. These students are going to stand up and confess that they believe that this is true. And this is wonderful, and this is exciting, and it is rare. Because they are confessing their faith in a world that is full of darkness and unbelief. The devil has held sway here for some time, and he does not go down without a fight. And he seems to be working very hard these days to silence this confession of faith, to silence the preaching of the church, and to silence the spreading of the gospel. And so the devil will employ the world, and the world will try and find ways to prevent us from hearing the gospel and prevent us from confessing the gospel. Which is really kind of uh, surprising if you think about it. Not that the devil's working against this, uh, but that the world would work against this. Because think about the message that Jesus has given the church to send out to the world. Think about what it is we have been sent to proclaim. We've been sent to proclaim something wonderful. The forgiveness of sins. Hope in a world that's so full of hopelessness. We've been called to stand for truth. We've been called to to proclaim a message that frees people from their bondage to sin. Now we know, of course, that Jesus alone can do these things, but we rejoice this day because he has invited you and I to be a part of this mission. He's given us the words that we are to proclaim, and he is working through our hands to care for the world around us. So the Lord Jesus sends us out on a mission. The problem is the world doesn't seem to want to receive it. In fact, they will oftentimes push back against it. I mean, just think about Jesus today in our reading from the Gospel. Here we have this marvelous picture of Jesus doing what Jesus does. Restoring, nourishing, healing. He's there on the Sabbath day and he's letting his apostles uh, eat the the grains of head as they're walking through the field. He's restoring that man's hand uh, as it was uh, shriveled up and it didn't work properly. Jesus heals that hand and he restores it. And it's this beautiful, wonderful thing. And nobody likes it. At least the religious leaders don't like it. They stand opposed to him. Now, they stand opposed to him because Jesus is doing this work on the Sabbath day. 
You know, the Sabbath day was this day uh, created by God. It's for us to set aside work so that we might rest and God could work on us. He could work on us with his word. He could give us the rest we need to restore our bodies to go back into the week that is ahead. It's, it's God's day of working on us. And what we see Jesus doing in our gospel reading today is actually doing the work of God. Healing, restoring, refreshing, blessing. But again, the Pharisees, they won't have this because this doesn't fit into their religious scheme of things. This doesn't fit into the way they want things to work. They had taken this Old Testament law, which God had given in order that his name would be honored and his people would be blessed, and they had turned it into a means of righteousness. That is to say, they believed that God would only love them and God would only bless them if they obeyed the Sabbath perfectly. They believed their righteousness, their standing before God, depended not on His grace and His mercy towards them, but on their performance for Him. They had abandoned faith in the grace and mercy of God, and they had replaced it with faith in their own performance, their own religious schemes and their own religious rules, so that when Jesus comes and He doesn't fit into their religious mold, they want to get rid of Him. Now, this Jesus that we see performing this gracious activity, this gracious, marvelous Jesus, this Jesus who does the Sabbath work of God, Jesus who is our Sabbath rest, this is the Jesus we confess as a church. This is, a Jesus, uh, this is the Jesus we believe in. This is the Jesus that we proclaim to the world, the Jesus that says, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This Jesus who calls us from this world so addicted to work and busyness and promises us rest and healing and restoration. This is who we confess. But as we confess this, just like this Jesus, as I've said earlier, we will face opposition. People will stand against us. The world will try and find ways to tempt you away from Christ's word so that you would fit into their own view of God, their own religious schemes, and their own religious rules. Think about this in terms of the Sabbath day and how the Sabbath day works in our culture. How does the Sabbath day work in our culture? It doesn't at all. Certainly we are not legalistically bound to prevent ourselves from doing any sort of strange work on Saturday, lest God destroy us. Certainly we are not legalistically bound uh, to, we, that's to say that we must meet on Sunday, otherwise God's going to hate us. We're certainly not saying that. Uh, but what we find in our own culture is that we have run in the complete opposite direction of where the Pharisees were. They had turned the Sabbath day into a legalistic work. We have turned the command to rest and receive the Word of God into something we can ignore. We're too addicted to our work and our busyness in our culture. So that we've forgotten that time is God's creation and gift, not a commodity for us to use. So that we refuse to rest for fear that we're going to lose control of our lives. Instead of coming to a day that is, is hallowed by the Word of God, that is sanctified by the Word of God and full of uh, rejoicing and, and receiving the sacrament and, and then uh, resting and relaxing and, re and having recreation in the afternoons, instead of having this, now we fill our Sundays up uh, with sports and more work and any other number of other distractions that stop us and prevent us from resting and receiving God's gifts. We've gotten to a point in our society where we prefer sports to the sacrament. This is a terrible thing. 
Because it prevents us from hearing the Word of God. It prevents us from receiving the gifts. And all of us here are tempted by this, I'm sure. But there are many other temptations out there, just not just this one, but many other temptations that would seek to take Christ's Word away from us. Many that you and I face, many that these confirmation students are going to face. Whether it's this uh, preventing us from hearing the God's Word by overscheduling Sundays, or if it's the temptation, say, uh, to stop believing the Word of God. There's all kinds of temptations out there to prevent us from even listening to the Word of God and taking it seriously as Scripture. There's the temptation out there to indulge our sinful flesh and pursue the lusts of the world rather than uh, the, the sanctified living that Christ has called us to. Further, there's the temptation, as we see with the Pharisees, to grow in our own self-righteousness and in our own religiosity. No matter what it is, the devil is always at work employing the world, trying to tempt us away from the Word of God. He's trying to draw us away from Christ. So when these opponents to the Word stand up against us, when these temptations come and these people come along and try and silence the Word of God, what are we to do? What shall we encourage our confirmation students to do? Well, I love the way Jesus handles it today. When he is opposed. When Jesus receives this opposition from people around him, he looks the opposition in the face and he just keeps working. He just keeps preaching and he just keeps healing. Listen to what he said. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal this man on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Now is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out. And his hand was restored. In the face of the opposition, Jesus just keeps healing. In the face of the opposition in this world, Jesus for us just keeps forgiving. He keeps working right up in the faces of those who would oppose him. For you and I who live in a world that seeks to silence the word of God in any number of ways, you know what we are to do? We just keep confessing. We just keep preaching. We just keep singing uh, hymns and songs of praise. We just keep proclaiming Christ crucified in the face of any kind of opposition. And what will Jesus do? He will keep sustaining us in our faith. He will keep coming to us in His Word. He will keep feeding us in His sacrament. The reality is, as you and I go forth in this world, we will sin, but Jesus will continue to forgive. You and I may succumb to some of these temptations and trials we speak about, but Jesus will continue to restore. You and I will be challenged by the wisdom of the world, but Jesus will te keep teaching us in His Word. He will not leave us, nor will He forsake us. The truth is, right now, and it's looking like this might be coming closer and closer, we may have to suffer for our faith. But as we do, remember Jesus also suffered for our faith so that we might put it in Him. Remember, these Pharisees who began to plot against Jesus, they made good on their plans and they found a way to kill Jesus. They thought this would be the very ticket to silence Him. Let's put Him on the cross. Not realizing that death is no match, matter, uh, death is no match for the author of life. And Jesus rose again from the dead. And in the face of death and opposition, just kept forgiving, just keeps on restoring, keeps on giving Sabbath rest to you and I who are weary and heavy laden, and he keeps setting captives free. He will not stop.
The reality is you and I will face all kinds of opposition in this world. We heard St. Paul talking about it today. We will be pushed down. We will be persecuted. We will be attacked. But none of this can destroy us. For we belong to Jesus Christ. And Jesus has already conquered all of our enemies. You and I will have to fight in this world. Whether it's against forces on the outside or our own internal temptations, you and I must fight to gather here to hear God's Word together, to learn it in Bible study. And we must continue to fight to care for each other in every way we can by blessing each other with the gifts Christ has given us. We're going to have all kinds of trials in our life. And sometimes it's going to come to heart treatment and difficult realities. But fear not. For no matter how the world opposes us and no matter what it will do to us, no matter how the world seeks to silence us, they are no match for Jesus. And Jesus has won the victory for you and for me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have won the victory for us through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we come to you in a world that is opposed to your word, that seeks to silence it or oppress it or mock it or belittle it. Lord, help us to be like Jesus, to stand firm in the face of all kinds of opposition, to continue to do the work you have given us to do while it is yet day. And remind us, Lord, that at the end of all things, a reward awaits us that has been earned for us by the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you. Keep us faithful to you always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Having heard the word of our Lord, I invite you to please rise as we confess our faith in the words of the, of the Nicene Creed. <laughs> <laughs>